0: What up though? What up though? What up though? Welcome back to another episode of all things behind the scenes, your girl Nina Payne. Thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us. Like I've said before, this show is about all things events. We talk about what happens before the event, after the event, during the event. We talk to amazing professionals who manage all the details behind the scenes to make sure the event happens right every single time. And then we also talk about how to navigate the business world of events. And so we talk about all that here. So stay tuned for all of that. So now developing and implementing large-scale events is not an easy thing to do. Take it from me. Um, You have to be really engaged and really enjoy it and really love it. And so our next guest makes event production seem really easy. She's a huge help to so many, especially me, and some of the events that I've been able to do. Her energy is infectious, and I always enjoy working with her. She's an ultimate professional, but always likes to have a good time now. Don't get me twisted. She's currently a partner of Solution Architects. She's dropped some really good gems in this interview that we had, so please enjoy the interview with none other than
1: Summer Woods. (laughs) What up, though? Oh, Nina, oh, I'm so excited. I love the intro. Come oh, on, burst. Yeah. Come on, burst. It was, great. it was great. You like
0: that? You like that?
1: I did The little music. I was ready to get my whole house house head sound. Jam this is
0: up. what I'm saying. You
1: can't yeah, go yeah. wrong
0: with like little house groove. Oh,
1: yeah, no, for sure. It was it was a groove. I appreciated that.
0: So look, I didn't want to get started. I was trying to talk about how we met. And so, you know, we did an event with project producers called Kim live at Mac and third, you know, we mm-hmm. talk about it all the time and I want to believe that's when we met, which mm-hmm. is, we were trying to navigate all of the things that had to happen in the city of Detroit, permitting and all the things. And my partner, Will Burnett would come and have all the crazy paperwork for the vendors and, <laughs> and all the things, and you would help us to kind of figure out how to, how to do all that. Is that when we met?
1: That is, that is actually how we met, which is crazy, right? Cause there's so many people you like, especially in this space. Because the world's intertwined in so many different ways. But, yes, that is how we met.
0: And then we, and um, in, in over the years of, of when you were at the city of Detroit, but you were also a mentor for my daughter in the Midnight Golf I Program. No, <laughs> no, so
1: you So you're trying to get me sentimental. It's cool. Yeah.
0: Because she talked really highly of you when she finally met you. I said, summer. I know Summer. <laughs> <laughs> And then it was like, okay, let me talk to Summer about how to help her navigate through this program. So, and actually, Alex is one of our producers for the show. So, what up, Alex? Oh, hey, Summer. Alex, oh, Alex
1: is there? Hey, hey.
0: <laughs> see, she was trying to be quiet. I had to call her out because we we just don't do that here. We got all things behind the scenes. You I'm about to send the camera around on her so you can see. She's it. a
1: whole she's a whole grown up with a whole job. Ain't that something? a
0: whole grown up with a whole job? And we are trying. To, there she is. Oh
1: look
0: at the baby! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's gonna hate me for that one. But um, thank she's you for coming so on camera, Alex, and saying she's hello. So thank you, saying so cute. hello. Um, and so let's let's just back up a little bit, just in the event space, because as far as I know, you've always done events when I came yeah. into this space. And so, yeah. what do you love? About events. And I'll back up and say, I think it's a space that you have to love, like, because it comes with all of the extras, right? Constant change and sleepless nights, and, you know, managing VIP folks with all the different asks um, that they might have. What do you love about this field? I think
1: because it's so different you know what I mean? It's so every day is something different as you prepare the day of, it's it's, it's not mundane. Like I, I think, I don't think I could ever be in a job where you're doing the same thing every day. That would drive me crazy. So I definitely love just the variation um, and just the diversity of things. I like the craziness that happens. I <laughs> like the, you know, the calmness that happens, but most importantly, it's just a mix of everything that is nothing is the same and um, and then the energy is an adrenaline rush. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like people mm-hmm. don't even talk about that side of it, but it is a real adrenaline rush. You know, you all ready and going. And then when it's over, you like, dang, it's over. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> I would definitely say it's an adrenaline rush for sure.
0: It definitely is an adrenaline rush. What would you say, like, is the most important characteristics a planner needs to have in order
1: to be able to survive in this event production space? I mean, I think it's important to be detailed, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think because there's so many things that changes at any given moment, sometimes people can be so tunnel vision and linear that when it's time to pivot, they can't. And you don't always have the opportunity mm-hmm. to plan on the pivot, one. I think critical thinking is huge, you know, as you know, yes. Um, even after, you know, in our, in our most recent lives, even when you all doing work with Triumph Church, you know, logistics mm-hmm. is one of those things that... You pivot right, like if you don't have any critical thinking skills to understand in terms of like a safety issue or an emergency yeah. or you know, trying to move a VIP in a certain way. So critical thinking, being detailed, um, and, and just being able to be flexible and have good energy, I think is important too because it ain't nothing worse than working with someone on the event side that's also got some stink energy, too. Mm, say that the, I'm like, How you gonna be hat. stressed? How you gonna be stressed <laughs> and you in this stressful job? You can't be <laughs> You know what I'm saying? How are you going to be safe when the people came out volunteering and you're going to go up on a volunteer? Don't even get me started. But yeah.
0: Ooh, we got to talk about that one because I, 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 think, I think a lot of times, I think there's a couple of different personalities, right? So mm-hmm. I think don't, conf- don't get confused with somebody who is focused on doing a, doing a good job, right? They're right. not, you know, they're, they're in the moment Ooh, as opposed yeah. to dealing with people who are in events who are just nasty, yeah, you know, or power yes. hungry. Yeah, like I'm doing yes. this. You sit over there, kind of thing. Yeah. Have you had to deal with those experiences? Yeah, no, for
1: sure. And I think that sometimes people, you know, because you could be in some events in some environment that guests or people you know that's attending can bring an energy that you have to counter. So I get it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and to your point, I think the idea of being focused, like that is important. Like sometimes you could just be trying to get something done, trying mm-hmm. to be in the moment that people can take that as a negative or actually be offended. Yeah. Um, but it is a matter of trying to find a balance between. And that's why I always try to make sure, that even when I'm in the moment, it's like, hey, give me a second. Let me come back. You know, I, I never want someone to feel as if um, that I'm being abrasive because sometimes you can within this space. And I could say... in my 20s when I was first doing this, I probably was a little more intense. Now I'm like, we ain't saving lives, people. It ain't like (laughs) I'm a physician. Somebody, somebody on the on the on the on the, on the operating table. Listen, we're not saving life. We're not saving lives, people. we just not. We're not. Yeah. yeah. And
0: putting it in perspective, because I tell my team all all the time, it's not rocket science. We're yeah. not curing cancer. Yeah. here we're really throwing yeah. a party. For we're sure. making sure everybody have a great time doing this particular thing. But it's it's really not that. So let's not be that For sure about it. Let's be For focused sure. and do a good job. But come on now,
1: yeah. come on now. Let's, yeah. let's let's
0: bring it down a notch.
1: I agree. I agree. So,
0: so, so, talk about. I know we we work together at Triumph Church and Logistics Space,
1: yeah.
0: um, in in such a conglomerate of of uh, campuses that they have. So, the CG trade has a um, uh, they're not I think the biggest church here in the City Detroit right now is Triumph Church with multiple campuses and a lot of logistics around that. And so, in doing something like that you know, how do you make sure that all of that stuff comes together for a huge event? Like what is your first, second, third thing that you look at?
1: Yeah, it's so funny because I remember when I start volunteering and doing logistics, I was living in Houston for a church. It was, it was a mega church I went to in Houston. And then when I moved here to Detroit, um, first started going to Triumph and so Pastor Kenlock heard I did events and then I just got sucked in. Sucked and one in. of the sucked. <laughs> okay. Just <laughs> but one of the things that was interesting is I laughed because I'm like, yo, church people can really make you can really make you grow, right? See, i was um, gonna so say
0: that, but I'm glad you brought that
1: up. Listen, so when you talk about when you think about some of the logistical the, larger events, it does matter the type of events because, you know, who you're serving, what's happening that day, you know, mm. what, what that client is, what the project is. And I will say for, you know, for church folk, you're dealing with people who are volunteering in ministry. So you got to make sure you're balancing those dynamics of people who are volunteering. You're dealing with the sensitivities of people that are coming to a new church for the first time, or, you know, having a spiritual experience for the first time. So you have to be very sensitive to that. Mm. Right. And so with that, um, there's a lot that comes into those logistics. You're dealing yes. with personalities, you're dealing with people, movement. You know, Pastor Kenlock does a lot of things back to back because he wants to be able to move people in and out in you know in the right amount of time. But with that comes a lot of just, how does that work, ingress, egress? Where are you moving, right. where are they parking, where are you blocking spaces off? And I would say that's the same for any event. The difference is, you know, like I said, with church, you just have to be able to balance that you're in, you know, a spiritual, you know, in a spiritual home. Um, versus where you might be somewhere else um doing a corporate event or something else mm-hmm. um that the energy can be slightly different for sure i
0: i th- I think that's a really great point because i think um I think when we started doing Church events, you say that Uh, over the years, I've always done some sort of church event, and I had to talk to the team about kind of expectations. There's a little bit of entitlement, like they want to Mm -hmm. park in the same spot every time, they want to walk through the same door, they have this whole thing, and this is they they own it's their church, right? Their pastor, their and so I had to like really talk to the staff about how to manage that. You know, it comes and you have to be very sensitive. Yeah. To that, you know, and I'll tell you that, you know, in my in managing artists and moving through gospel and now in you know R and B and even in the event space, I love my church folks, but they could be,
1: you know, baby, you know, be trying. Just, let me tell you know, something, just, baby, push your buttons, baby. I remember, <laughs> and, and so I volunteered, That's one of my ministry and to give back to my, you know, to my church and 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 one of my things in terms of just a spiritual donation of time. So I first started dealing with the gospel artists. I said, "Oh, you mm-hmm. supposed to love Jesus? Really? Mm-hmm. It's a couple people to this day. I just will not listen to their songs because I'm like, Mm-mm, you was you was not spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is a, it it is different. You know yeah. what I mean? It is, and I think the idea of what you're saying in the sense of like people's expectations, the same door, you know, going through the entry. Yeah, no, for sure, right? Mm-hmm. That it is. You know, it is important to really understand that for sure.
0: Yeah, and it's you know, and just I say that to say that, you know." It's important to know your audience. It's important to know your client, the expectations, who's attending so that you know how to treat them. You know how um, uh, to manage and to pivot when you need to pivot.
1: Um, And it's
0: important just to have the right people in place. Not everybody on my team I would assign to work at a church event because there's just a different type of person that I would want to make sure, you know, is taken care of, you know,
1: in that aspect.
0: And so that goes across the board when you're talking about staffing and, you know, whether it's a corporate event or a VIP experience, there's certain people that, that can work those events or that can manage those events that are different than other people that can. And so it's important to know those differences when you're talking about building a business.
1: Absolutely. I agree.
0: Um, So let's talk about how you manage. So when you manage an event, are you a paper and, and notebook person? Do you use Excel spreadsheets? Do you have like some major, you know, C event, Salesforce, like what, what tools do you use? Like, so, so it's yourself.
1: so when I first started in events, I was an intern. So first, I didn't even understand event management and what it was. Um, I grew up playing golf, and so because I grew up playing golf, which is funny because everybody's like, you know, "I was like, yeah, I learned how to play golf in black ass Detroit, Michigan, um, <laughs> off a seven mile of Woodward. Okay, uh, so it was a culture shock when I went to go work at the PGA Tour. That was my first one of my first jobs outside of college. Okay, and when I got the opportunity as an intern that was my first exposure to event management. So Mm. it was a beautiful um, foundation because it is the epitome of, of events. You're setting up a course to make it look like a golf tournament. It is nothing but a blank palette and so that's the reason why a lot of events I like to do is when you do have build-outs. You know, white boxes yeah. are cool, but I do like the challenges of build-outs and being able to understand what that looks like. And tell, so, Tell people
0: my, what build-outs are.
1: So when you basically have, like, for festivals, so you start mm-hmm. with just a parking lot or a park, and then you're putting up the tents and the porta-potties and the tables and the chairs and the directional signage versus if you go to the Marriott and just do something out of a ballroom right? Like you're you're really looking to, to do a build out. Right. And one of my first supervisors at the PJ tour, she told me never coming to my office without something to write on. Because <laughs> after something's always happening, it's always going, you got to be able to take out the pad, write down a note, because you're going to get pulled into it to so many places. So I, I'm still old school. Um, I still have my binder with my checklist, my little boxes. My interns tease me. Uh, one of my interns who now is you know, doing her thing in a multicultural space for Cadillac, but she was my intern at Super Bowl, and so she teases me all the time because she's like, I still I still got my, my action item list with my boxes that I draw and then cross them out, so So, I
0: still- so let's back up, so you said, you, mm-hmm. are you writing things out that you draw a box?
1: Yes, I know. And this check thing. it off? Because oh, here's I, the thing, I start, I'm, I start with like a nice word document with the boxes so I can check them off, make sure it's done, and my action items, mm-hmm. but as the day go, yes. I draw my boxes. I need to feel accomplished. Right. When I I mark it off, I feel accomplished. See, but here's
0: the thing. And what I try to tell everybody is that Everything doesn't work for every person. You have right. to find
1: what, what works tool
0: works for, best for you, right? And so, so if you, you are writing down in a notebook and drawing boxes to be able to check those bad boys off <laughs> God bless you. And doing it. Like, I feel like that's a little shame. I feel like
1: that's a, no, a little shame. No, none at all. Oh, okay. None at all. Like, look, we work, I work with
0: so no, I work with so many people <laughs> in, in all different types of things. Yeah. Uh paper and pencil. I got somebody yeah. who just highlights everything. Yeah. You know, to the to the top event management software. We use a variety of different things. Depending on the client. And we can, you know, shapeshift, if you will, the best that works best with whatever client Absolutely. we're working with. And sometimes Absolutely. it's writing it down in a notebook. Sometimes it's rewriting the notes, right? In right. order to, to make sure it all comes together. So I, I'm no shade whatsoever, <laughs> because I want people to understand that you got to do what's best for you. Absolutely. As long as you don't miss any of the details and you are exceeding the expectations of your clients and, and that sort of thing, then, then who cares?
1: Absolutely. And I mean, you know, now I'm an Excel, I'm an Excel queen though. I love an Excel spreadsheet. Um, I will pivot table like a mug, you know what I mean? So I do, <laughs> I do love um, Excel spreadsheets. I was <clears throat> actually, you know, when I was interning in college, I was working as an analytics and intern at General Motors and that's how I became the Excel queen. So it's funny when I bring like interns in or I'm talking to young people about, you know, you, and they're like, I do Google Sheets. I'm like, that's cool. But do you know how to use Google Sheets for real? Like, let's talk about it. (laughs) I can do a formula. (laughs) Listen, because we're going to have a whole tutorial on this this Excel. (laughs) I'm just saying. So, yeah, I do, to your point, you know, obviously making sure that the client has access to the information. So Mm -hmm. if that's through um, Dropbox, if that's, usually I use a lot, you know, Google Drive and things like that. So even though I'm still old school with my personal sheet, From a team perspective, we do use, you know, um, the Google Suite. The G Suite is my friend for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, we we are a big Google Suite uh, team as well. So Google Drive, we also use. Have to use Teams because City Detroit uses Teams. I know, and Teams my preference.
1: It's I'm like, yeah, it's a trip. Mm, Just saying, just saying. (laughs) Uh,
0: Okay, so let's talk about the actual events. um, Mm. In that, can you think about? the most difficult or challenging event that
1: you've done and why? I think one of the most, and the crazy thing, Nina, is that it wasn't even a hard event. Yeah, It was, it was, it was literally an, an educational uh, kind of seminar workshop. Mm-hmm. And it was difficult because the client was difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, the client was a misogynist. Um, there were certain things within proving um that you know that we knew our stuff and why we were there and on the topic. Cause I think that sometimes because coming, especially from the sports industry, there's sometimes that dynamic of 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 gender that shows mm-hmm. up, genderism, right? Yes. sexism that shows up yeah. in that. And so a lot of times you're always proving to a client potentially, like, hey, like I this ain't our first rodeo. Like we only produced one of this the biggest sporting events in the world Super Bowl 40 like it ain't right, you know what I mean right. I will say that was the worst because of the client it was it you I, and it wasn't and it's because a lot of it is that you didn't necessarily feel appreciated because of the experience mm. and the work that had to be done um and I think it's sometimes that arrogance of I'm paying you and this is what I needed to to this is what we needed to look like versus trying to say hey we are going to Um, understand the value that you all bring. Um, And, you know, a lot of times, as you understand, we can tell clients all the time, like, this is not going to work. And then when it doesn't work, Mm -hmm. then they're looking crazy. You Mm -hmm. see what I'm trying to say? But Mm -hmm. I told you that it wasn't going to work. But sometimes I will say definitely in the sports states, you know, um, sexism could show up, a little bit of misogyny. I would definitely say that was the most challenging event of a client that I would never work with ever again. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Ever. and here's the thing you get to make that choice after right
1: listen because as the entrepreneur that mm-hmm. is by far the blessing yes is to say what I who I want to work with and who I don't want to work with yep is a beautiful thing yes and uh I think that people take that for granted but it's like why you so busy trying to interview me I'm interviewing you and your team and if we even want to work with y'all because events are fluid you know what mm-hmm. I mean? When you're doing things, you got to have, you, you understand that there are things that are in your control and some that are not. But if I have a client that could be, you know, that's why I don't do weddings. Just like I have no mm, desire. That. It ain't my ministry. <laughs> I know there's certain it's like that ain't it. So, yeah, I, I I do think that that by far was that was the most challenging. Um, And I always had to bite my tongue when they mentioned their names
0: yeah. I yeah. don't call anybody out on the show. It's not that type of yeah, show, no, but I, did, I know. but, but the lesson here is, Absolutely. you know, when you own your company, you get to really, you can choose your clients as well. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Um, and every event planner, director, producer, manager is not meant for every client. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I think, you know, you have to, you have to interview them like they're interviewing you. I think that's, Absolutely. that's key what you said there. Um, so let's talk about you know, in, in difficult clients, uh, how do you navigate? Well, let's talk about sexism, right? Mm-hmm. And so do you experience, do you experience anything um, in addition to that being a woman in this particular industry,
1: corporate the, events? The irony of it is, is that <clears throat> women populate, heavily populate this space. So you don't really experience it all the time. I I I have experienced it more when there's when it's a certain industry or connected, right? Where Mm -hmm. there is a more male dominated space. Like sports or automotive, you know what I mean? Like you kind of that's that's kind of more what the vibration the field is. I wouldn't I I can't because I think a lot of times people feel as if this is a safe space and they're okay with us in this space. Now I will say (laughs) when you think about production houses. Um, big production houses here nationally, most of them are owned by white men. Yes. Um, and so that's always interesting because what I will say, unfortunately, is in this market a lot of times because there are some dope sisters and sisters specifically, you know, like my, you know, one of one of my mentors, I'm sure yours too, Mama and Gia, mm-hmm. um, that you know, does their thing here. But the irony of it is that a lot of times people don't necessarily feel as if we are always capable Mm. of doing these larger events. And so you still have a lot of the same usual suspects of large white production houses Mm. that are getting opportunities. And that is frustrating. It's interesting because people try to make it seem as if they own all their equipment. They're totally turnkey. And I'm trying to tell them, no, they're not. They're a GC. (laughs) They're a general contractor. Right. Basically serving as a project manager to bring it in. But there's a certain privilege in that space because mm-hmm. um, they're able to position in a way that, uh, I mean, it's great branding, you know what I mean? It's yeah. great marketing. But the unfortunate part is when you have so many dope sisters and some brothers doing this work, that that same lens is not given to us as we can do that. And I see that a lot. I see yeah. that a lot here in um, Detroit specifically and not just Detroit, but nationally as well.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. I think, you know, it kind of mirrors your DEI space, right? Where you're trying to make sure or trying to make known that know we're here we're doing the work and we don't get the opportunities that other organizations may get and the interesting thing about that is is i've gotten the calls right so there's this large conglomerate um and they get the deal but then they call all the subcontractors to be able to fulfill the contract
1: and that's what i'm saying and it's Mm -hmm. frustrating because i'm just trying to tell people like they're literally serving as a gc like it's not it's it's very frustrating it's very yeah. frustrating. It's very frustrating in this market when you continue to see the same things, um, larger events and things that are co- you know that are going on here. Um, you know that we're still having the same conversations. Um, you know, twenty years later that I've been in this market, it's mind blowing to me. It's literally mind-blowing
0: to me. Yeah, I, th- we had, I had that conversation with NGIA. She actually was a guest on our show as well. Uh, and we talked about, I know, right? How can I not do an event show without having NGIA on the show? Are you crazy? She's the queen. She the uh, queen and we talked about some of that, right? The dynamics yeah. of corporate events in the downtown market. Because if you've d- been in downtown Detroit, you've experienced one of NGIA Kai's events and KSK mm-hmm. events. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you've been at Campus marshes or on the river or any of the parks, she has been doing events in this market for really, really long time, African World Festival, and she is a G, so she needs to be considered and consulted when
1: Mm -hmm. events come
0: to the city. I'm just going to put that out there like that. So, (laughs) and she talks about how difficult, you know, it is to kind of migrate that even after
1: she's been doing it for so many years.
0: Yeah, you know, absolutely. She's it's, still it's, trying to
1: prove herself. Like it is crazy because, and it is mean, crazy, right? Because she's had an opportunity, you know, working with GDP and working with Midtown Inc. And people not really know who's behind the scenes making it happen. And I remember yes. the first one of the first times that I met Mom and Gia was when I was with the city. Um, actually, it might have been before then, but it might have been running around by right the Super Bowl, and I was in a meeting. And uh, here it is. I'm coming to you know coming to a meeting, and this just is. Got her natural hair and her cowrie shells, and she is just <laughs> everything in her pure, just African beauty. And yeah. um, I was like, "Oh, she is so fresh!" Like I was just so loving the fact that she just showed up yeah. unapologetically black mm-hmm. um, in these spaces. A lot of times we don't always feel as comfortable to come in. And I remember I had a keychain. It was a, 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 a cut out, a die cut of the continent of Africa, and it had Harriet something in the middle. And my keychain, my keys were on the table. And uh, Mama and Gia was like, I like your keychain. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was, I was like, I have been jacking you this whole in my in my head. And you just, and, you know, because I, I I lived a you week, know, I moved away for a minute. When I came back to Detroit, you know, was still trying to build relationships and stuff. But it was funny because I was just so, and that's one of the things that I, you know, that I do love about people like Mama and Gia why she's so a jewel, is Mm -hmm. that she shows up unapologetic. And I think within this space, especially within events, when you show up unapologetic within that and understand what roots you, it also is what guides you and how you do your work. So even when you talk about like the subs, you know, being intentional, Mm -hmm. right? of who those subs are and how you're being inclusive within that um, is is very important. But I, 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 I literally bow down and pay homage to just how that sister just shows up um, and she gives me that, you know, she continues to give me that same energy to be like, oh, well, yeah. if she doing this, I can just roll up in here the same way and it's all good.
0: You know, we talked about that. She talked about how she just prefers to be comfortable. Yeah. And so she's not the suit and tie wearer. And, yeah. you know, I... You know, in in her, I found myself because I also, you know, I can suit tight with the best of them. I come like, from corporate America, but I prefer my jeans and my, you know, my shirt and a polo shirt or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I, I prefer comfortability. And so as we get older and, you know, all of those things happen, I see Andrea walk in and still to this day. Um, just as comfortable and fly as she can be. And she talked about how people will assume that she doesn't know her stuff because of that. And that makes her want to wear more comfortable clothes.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely.
0: I love it. I just enjoy the fact that all of us, that at least in the event space that I know and the, the circles I move around in this production space, show up as themselves. You've yeah. always shown up as yourself, Summer. You've always been jovial, life of the party, down to earth, <laughs> you know, woman about her business person. Oh, and I so appreciate how you show up. And it just allows other all of us to be able to continue to do that. So thank you for that.
1: I appreciate that. And that's the same you, you know, you be all cool and stuff. I'm like, dang, Nina don't do she ever get off kilter? I'll be like, Rawr. <laughs> Rawr. and you're like, yes, actually, we've already moved those cones way, and we've transitioned We're that's done. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate that's my cone.
0: <laughs> and then when people ask you those crazy questions, my team used to be like, "That's the Nina pause," because I'll go, hmm. and my brain is going. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. see what we need to do <laughs> exactly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's a muscle that we mm-hmm. learned over the years instead that's of me going mm-hmm. off as i was when i was a young event plan- planner yeah you would have caught one so um so let's talk about the business of events and so let's talk about your transition from i'm gonna say corporate into owning mm-hmm. your own business like talk about what that <clears> transition <throat> was what you were doing prior to and why you decided to jump
1: ship and become an entrepreneur so it's funny because after Super Bowl, so I left the PJ tour to go work on the Super Bowl host committee. And I'll never forget my grandmother was like, How you gonna leave this stable job with these benefits for, <laughs> for a job that you know that's gonna end in three years? Mm-hmm. Um and I told her, I said, you know, if I can't turn something to something after Super Bowl, then I just need to go to bed. Like oh. there, I just don't, I just need to go to bed. And after Super Bowl, you know, that was you know, my opportunity to really get to know a lot of people, get to know get back into the space in Detroit, because I was moving here from Texas, uh, from Houston. And um, and so after Super Bowl, I was like, ah, you know, the, the PJ tour and Super Bowl, even though I was working within institutions and entities, they were both very entrepreneurial. Mm. It was small teams, we were kind of doing everything. So you had a taste of a lot of things. And so it was very natural for me to start my own business after Super Bowl. Okay, that um, That's when I started. That's when I started. That's when I started. It was first I called it um, Summer Solutions. I was branding my that's name. Right. Yep. I was branding my name because at that point I had a lot of name recognition. I just you know coming out of Super Bowl and um, and so I did that. I was doing some stuff with the Jazz Fest and the USCF. Mm-hmm. Um, I did some stuff for the Detroit Bel-Isle Grand Prix when it first came back to mm-hmm. to, to Belle isle and then. Um, from there, you know that's when the market kind of went crazy. Like I was doing well; like it was word of mouth. You know, I had to do a lot of marketing. It was it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. But then the market, you know, that's when the market kind of crashed. Two thousand seven, two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Around that time, that that was the first thing that everybody was was shutting down, was especially events. And so, yeah. unfortunately, I had to not unfortunately because it, I I don't look at anything as um, what is it, supposed to happen. And the yeah. path for that was that I actually went and worked. As an appointee for Mayor Bing at the City of Detroit, mm. and that is when I worked on uh, as a director, especially events and film. that I did get to meet more people in the space, such as yourself. I got to understand the dynamics of, you know, the city and permits and what to do, what not to do. Some of those things that we discovered, um, obviously, when we were um, working during Super Bowl but a little bit more, a little bit more honed in. So I still did my business on the side, even mm-hmm. though, you know, I didn't do it as much with the city because that was a lot of conflict of interest. And that obviously plays a role with just the city charter and all those things. Um, but after I left the city and went to go take a full-time job working with um, the M1 rail. And as you know, mm-hmm. obviously working with, working in events, you touch everything. Yeah. So you have a whole bunch of skill set. So people are always like, you do a lot. And I'm like, I do <laughs> because I got a lot of experience, you know what right, I'm saying? And I was right. blessed to have a lot of experience because again, those opportunities were very entrepreneurial. Yeah. Um, and so you don't have a choice because they're a small team. So you, every, you don't have a lot of money and budgets to do a lot. And so when I was working at the, when I was working for M1 Rail, I still did some things on the side with my company. And I think the main thing that I learned from that is when I was doing it full time, I didn't have multiple streams of income. Mm. Um, I did not. Do a lot. I think I took for granted just the word of mouth and people just, you know, that when the market hit, I wasn't able to really pivot in the right way. Um, um in terms of still being an entrepreneur and maybe doing some other events that I didn't want to necessarily do. I will say that, you know, since especially with COVID and around that time in, in 1920, right before COVID. I did come to a realization for myself, like I need to know what type of events I want to do and what I don't want to do. Like okay. I, I know I want to do, I, I'm really good in build outs. I want to focus on like build outs. That's how, I mean, how thing. did you
0: come to that conclusion? Did you, did you do a board? You do a whiteboard <laughs> pros and cons? Like how do you figure that
1: out? Just because the peoples was great, the different clientele, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do that. That's like, <laughs> like I don't want to do wins. People mm-hmm. call me like I want you to do my win. I'd be like, mm-hmm. you know what? Yeah. The Lord did not put that on my heart to do. no way.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: I'm with you on that one. You know, so I think a lot of it was not necessarily, I would like to say that it was like a whole process, but it really wasn't. Okay. It came down to what I enjoyed the most. You know, yes. I like my brain the way that it thinks I'm a very complex thinker. I am a, a critical thinker. And so I get I, I, I get the joy and excitement of being able to figure stuff out and build stuff out and gives me more creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, that that's probably more of what it is, is that the way that my brain percolates is how I landed in that space. So that's how, that's how I transitioned, but also how I still kept it around, even though I was working full time. So then when I did go back in full time, entrepreneurially, um, I don't have one business, but I have two businesses. And so that was more strategic than last time. Because okay. I, I love being an entrepreneur, but I just wasn't I wasn't strategic to have an, uh, another plan last time.
0: So you're a full time entrepreneur. Full-time now.
1: entrepreneur. Yeah. And full-time how's it going? It's good. I'm blessed. You know, I have still have solutions. So I changed from summer uh, summer solutions to solution architects because I wanted to have more of you know a dynamic that wasn't just a person but a team. So I do mm-hmm. have a team of people that work on different events. Um, and again, being selective on what those events are. And then I have another company called Woods and Watts Effect, and I have a partner there, um, Dr. Michelle Lewis Watts, who we actually met working on Super Bowl. Um, it is a diversity, equity, and inclusion company. And so mm. a lot of the, you know, like, for example, some of the things that I would not necessarily do with Solution Architects, but it still does tail into Woods and Watts. It makes sense. So we do like a racial equity summit for like New Detroit, right? right. Um, that it makes sense in terms of the movement the logistics. But would I would I do a conference if it wasn't connected within the work that we do because it's an implementation, it's an actual um, solution for our clients? I don't know if I would, right? Mm-hmm. But the beautiful thing is that it's, it works out because you have the skill set and it mixes in with the passion of equity. It's huge, you know, equity it's
0: huge it's to huge. have you on the team with all of the experience yeah. and being able to do all the logistics for your d events. It's huge.
1: It's yeah, it, it is and It is. and it is it's cool. And we, you know, we've had some cool activations, um, that we've been able to take all of our skill sets to, to really do some things that are very different and still being rooted in community. Still being yeah. rooted in community. Super For important. Sure. Yeah. So
0: let's talk about just the whole idea of going into business because it's super trendy on social media. And I asked this question um uh of the folks that I'm interviewing because I want mm-hmm. you to give your honest opinion about. Um, the trend, right? Everybody wants to be a boss bitch or you know, boss babe or whatever the terms are, mm-hmm. and they make it look so easy online. Um, what is your comment to that? How do you respond to that for somebody who's looking at that as the uh, as the footprint? If you were a blueprint for getting started in business,
1: so I think it's hilarious. I always, you know, I tease my young people who I mentor because um, everybody's like, "I'm gonna be entrepreneur," and I'm like, "You have nobody at work though." You don't have, you have nobody at work. You want to be a, you want to be a whole entrepreneur, but you don't have nobody at work. You ain't got no capital. Like, I I think that I love the idea of, of, of economic freedom. I love that idea. And entrepreneurship Mm -hmm. is, is economic freedom. And I just, I think, you know, one of my mentors um, who told me that years ago, she said, um, you know, Entrepreneurship for women is transformative because it gives mm-hmm. you a different level of economic freedom, it gives you another level of family freedom. It, it, it is the highest of what that is. I didn't really understand what she said it in my 20s. You know, I was leaving the mm-hmm. Super Bowl, and um, shout out to Tatty Fulkerson who said that. <laughs> and I didn't understand that until I, as an adult, I get it right. Like, I, I, as an older in my you know, in my four, I'm like, okay, I get it, like that, that makes sense. And so, the irony of kind of this energy of what it is they're not talking about the behind the scenes it's everything is for the gram everything is for TikTok, everything is for social mm-hmm. but it's the body of work i think it's really important for people to still absolutely have a foundation of doing something on the side while you're building up a body of work you know not stealing clients that's important right <laughs> not going to you know going to companies um, but I also think it's also interesting to me, which I've been hearing a lot, and it's actually bothered me a lot. Is I've had a couple of young people who have who have worked with their moms or dads or brothers in their business, and they're you know left after six months, seven months because they felt some type of way mm. that they wanted to be get paid more BP. And this one of my one of my mentees, I just was about to knock him out. He said, "You know, why am I going to work for my brother?" When I, I mean, I could work for somebody else, I could work for somebody else and work my business on the side. Okay, so Mm. you okay with working for quote unquote Mm. the man? That y'all, you know. But then you say I can't. I don't. But you don't understand economic capital building with your family and what that is, and being able to poly that. I'm sure your family member would absolutely. You know, love yeah. to show you how to, you know, poly into something else. I just find it very interesting. You know what I mean? Do you feel um, it's just a
0: generational thing that where we are now with the with with where people are in the millennial Z kind of space, or what do you think that is? I
1: think part of it is generational. I don't think it's all. I mean, because you got some other people that's just ready to pivot because they want to do something different with their career,
0: mm-hmm. but yet
1: and still they still don't have the skill set. They still don't have the body of work. You know, they might have. That's the one thing that I will say, which is the other reason why I came back into the full-time entrepreneurship space, because everybody was out here getting money and had businesses. I was like, hell, if these terrible people that ain't got nobody (laughs) work got a whole business, I know I can do this shit full time. You see what I'm trying to say? So, so what do you
0: tell? What do you tell them uh, that are looking at that and saying, hey, I can? uh, You know, they did it. I can do it. I just need to have some good ground pictures and you know so you know everybody gotta do a photo shoot and have some flag gear and like what do you say like you're, what you're gonna so get
1: exposed you're gonna get exposed gonna mm. you're gonna still be on smaller scales of things at the end of the day why would you not use working at a company working you know as an opportunity as a learning ground Yes. The beautiful thing about and even in terms of like volunteering to, you know, to serve an event ministry at your church or your sorority fraternity or your neighborhood block club, like all of those are things that you can use as a training ground. That's not going to cost you anything, mm. because when you start a business and you jack something up on the event production side of things, then it's you that's going to be responsible for that. Mm. If somebody gets trampled, if something happens, the the, the, the rig falls down, the lighting tower, the, whatever the case may be. Now you're responsible, and oh, by the way, you ain't even got no insurance because you Mm. haven't even gone about the right way. So Mm. I really think that it's important for people (laughs) to look at that as a training ground that you can you can learn this craft on somebody else's dime.
0: You know, you can you can learn
1: you know how to do marketing or branding or construction management or whatever you can learn how to do it on somebody else's dime. And understanding the moonlighting clause, a lot of times people don't understand the moonlighting clause. Like if you're, Mm -hmm. if you're working for somebody and they tell you, you can't have a side business or work for somebody else's in competition, it is important to understand the moonlighting clause. I'm never, I'm never in favor of anybody signing a very restrictive moonlighting clause because it doesn't allow you to be able to have a little bit of freedom in order to, to, that's why people come work with me. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to get into all that. Cause I know
0: that my blessings is
1: going
0: to come back. And at the end of the day, if you can use this for something else, then why not? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I was going to say the, you mentioned being able to kind of use volunteerism to kind of hone your skills. And I know Mm. one of the, one of the places that I learned, most of the stuff that I learned how to do is at church.
1: Yeah.
0: It is one of the best places. I learned production events. I did all their women's conferences, all their music ministry concerts. I learned sound. I learned lights. I learned video. At church, uh, it was it was free training, if yeah, you will, right? Absolutely, you know. And you know, I wanted to do a good job because these were, you know, the the messages were the important thing, right? I needed to yeah. hear them, see them, feel them, and so I absolutely. did all of that. And I did that for years under some really great tutelage. And so, if you're looking for a space to kind of just hone your skills, I think summer is right. Volunteer, you know, practice. Um, use your church foundation, use your organization to be able to kind of volunteer for these different places to be able to kind of hone your skills. And so I think that was a great tool. Um, and let me, let me ask you this. So, so I see you out here in the streets doing all your amazing things, you know, um, you're in the DEI space, you know, I think you showed up at one of our community association meetings. I was like, what, what are you doing here? <laughs> so you're right, always popping right. up places.
1: Uh, who do people think you are as opposed to who you really <laughs> are? <laughs> so my friends always sees me like people ask me what you do, and I have no idea how to articulate what the hell you do. That's generally. Um, right. yeah. I'm like I'm not Tommy. I do have a whole job. Though. <laughs> like, don't, don't don't play me like that. <laughs> um, you know the, the interesting thing is. I pride myself you know you had mentioned earlier like I show up unapologetic and I pride myself on that that I, I'm basically who people think I am just in terms mm. of my, my being right now people might not know what the hell I do but that's something different you know what mm-hmm. I mean I, I do I do um, take opportunities learning opportunities very precious I think those are, those are a privilege to be able to do that mm-hmm. and I love the fact that I can do a lot of different things but I, I appreciate as I get older that I'm honing in on what's really my jam. And I'd be like, uh, that's not me. You should talk to such and such. You know mm. what I'm saying? Or no, that's not me. Let me refer you. Now that's, that's the thing that's, that kind of burns my biscuits is when I can talk to somebody and they'll say, Hey, I want to bring you in on this project as a sub. And I'm like, but you don't do none of this shit though. Like, mm. I, why are you bringing me as a sub? Like, and I think that that's important that sometimes we don't do the best of yielding. Like, Hey, this is, this is you, like, you need to, you need to do this. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Um, and I wish that, I wish that a lot more of us in the game would do that versus I could do it all. You know, I, I was laughing because I, I was looking at somebody's page the other day. They do everything from credit repair to planning. <laughs> planning.
0: Like, I'm I'm
1: not lying.
0: And have a a design business. I know several people who do that. What the hell? Yeah. 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 Pick a
1: lane. I need you to pick a lane. But as I get older, I mean, I get it. Because when I was younger, I would be like, I could do it all. And I want to make all the money. And now I'm like, I don't need to do everything. One, I don't need to be the person to do everything. Two, and I want to be able to leverage and give other people other opportunities versus myself. Absolutely. And that goes mm-hmm. into,
0: you know, we talked about legacy earlier. Um, when you, you know, God takes your last breath and you you looking down at us from the heavenly gates. Uh, what do you want people to say about Summerwood? I sure hope that I get to the heavenly gates.
1: You know? <laughs> it's it, it's always it's always a joke with my friends. They'd be like, you know, your ass gonna have a layover <laughs> hell, right? You know, you gonna, you ain't gonna you ain't gonna stay in hell, you just gonna be there for about two hours. No, um. <laughs> You know, I definitely think. You know, I, I pride myself on not um I, I'm on living in the now and and, and living my eulogy every day. Mm. Um, that when I die, like tomorrow, if the Lord just said this is it, I would be pleased. Like I am, I love the fact of being able to pour into young people. You know, we you know shout out to to baby Alex um, with Midnight Golf. I've I've enjoyed that. That's been the that's been a true blessing and an honor to just see young people to do their thing. So I hope people remember me on that legacy of how I love uh, young people. Mm-hmm. And I think the, one of the other most important things is that people um, know that I'm about my people. When I say my people, I'm saying black people. Um, mm-hmm. and I'm very specific about that. I do. Um, I'm very intentional in terms of my subs from, audiovisual visual to graphic design to the printer to catering like photographer videographer like if I'm if I can plug my people into an opportunities I'm going to do that and I love when they're able to pilot that into something else mm-hmm. um into something bigger uh, for them to use that experience or just for them to get a check um you know I I was uh that that for me, you know, I think is is the true honor is is that when it's all said and done, they are gonna say, you know, Summer really loved her people, um, she really loved young people and uh you know, she enjoyed life and and um she didn't take it for granted because I wake up every day like, ooh, I didn't my eyes aren't open. That means right. that I got another time to to figure this out and Damn. jack some stuff up and make some <laughs> things beautiful, you know what I'm saying? I um
0: I would have to say from what I know about you over the years that you are definitely living your eulogy. Um, I watch you move across circles, being this exact same person. Like I mentioned earlier, uh, I think we were at a, a Shane Park uh, thirty anniversary show or something like that. And I walked in and you was getting your dance on 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 the dance floor, and I was in the middle of conversation. I'm like, go go ahead, Summer, <laughs> like. Dance like it's your last day, baby. And I, I just, I just love that energy about you. And, and I think you're what you, you know, want for your legacy. You're already living. I
1: you're, appreciate you're, that.
0: You're already living. So continue to do that. Where can people find know. you? Like, can they follow you on
1: social media? Yeah. So we, you know, because again, this is them saying, I'm saying, janky. Um. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I'm like this is janky. So, Solution Architects. We do have a website, uh, thesolutionarchitects.com. Um, not necessarily as much on social, um, Woods and Watts, you know, we're online, woodswatseffect.com. Um,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: we're, we're on social a little bit for Woods and Watts, but, um, you know, also intentional trying to figure out the best way to engage. I mean, y'all be doing y'all stuff though. Okay. Shout out to y'all. I'll be like, okay. Cause I'm listen. It's work. Like, it's look, work. For real it's work. For real. Right. So right. yes, we are uh, you know, we are definitely online. I'm, you know, I'm on social media as well. Um, you know, through Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, um, which I, a lot of times I kind of, you know, do some, you know, personal branding to that for both of my businesses. And then, you know, trying to do, you know, trying to do the podcast thing like you as well. The whole well, Shout out, tell, us about, tell us about the
0: podcast. Tell us about
1: we just I need motivation. See, this is motivation. This is great. But no, my best friend and I had this idea that I started a podcast a couple of years ago called black people shit. Um, <laughs> and the concept of it is to talk about things that black people just don't talk about that we should, right. right. If it's from, you know, your, your CPAP that you got to sleep with your man who got a CPAP. <laughs> <all> the- <laughs> I'm just saying because the first time that happened, I was like, what is, what is you doing? Dark Vader? <laughs> Vader, where is <laughs> I What's mean, going on? Is you about to die?
0: Just to Google that right is, quick. You,
1: is you about to die? Oh wait a minute. Also, when you put this on, that's it. Don't try to get none nothing. That's <laughs> <it>. we done. <laughs> but I'm I'm just you know like all the way down to oh man. You when, know, where,
0: when is the podcast? Where can they girl, find so it? So we it, it's,
1: so we are we are on we are on social. We're looking to actually kind of you know to launch it more like in April. Uh, We did do a couple of episodes where we were talking specifically about HBCU stuff, but, you know, people follow, you know, follow me on social, you know, Summerwoods, S O M M E R. Once we launch it, we absolutely will uh, continue to, uh, not launch it for real, we just kind of, you know, you know how the Blacks test in do. Testing the
0: waters. We just Listen, We waters. just test it. You know, see, but, what, see what the interest
1: Yeah, is. but we want to be able to have some, you know, some comfortable dialogue and conversations and environment for us to be able to uh, to hopefully learn from each other and grow from each other as well.
0: Well, I absolutely love it. Black people shit. We'll make sure we put that in the description and post the video. I want everybody to follow Summer Woods at all things social media and make sure you keep up with her Thank you, Summer, for being here on today. Gracing us with your presence oh, so and all your jewels.
1: That was just, so you funny. know,
0: I'm so glad you were able to come on. It means a lot to me. We have just crossed paths so many times. And so for you to be a part of our first season is just, you know, a dream come true. So I appreciate it.
1: Well, I'm honored. And you know I love you and your husband and your baby. You know y'all is y'all is family um i always i just i love i love seeing how you and your husband work in this space it is um it is pure beautiful energy and y'all so y'all just so cute and just doing <laughs> y'all thing it is one of those inspirations. like oh let me give me a boo that want to be out here working together you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so no i i do i do appreciate you and i appreciate your spirit and whenever i call to be like hey then here's the idea or hey me i'm about to refer somebody to you you'd be like okay and then okay. when it's over, they be like, well, I'm so happy you were I'd be like, yeah, she, she that deal. So it's always a beautiful thing uh, to, to see your name and to hear your name. And most importantly, to see you and your amazing husband and y'all doing amazing things.
0: Thank you, Summer.
1: You know I love y'all. I went and got my ginger, too. I went and got my ginger. (laughs) Oh, did you?
0: Oh, good. (laughs) Because ginger is everything. It will change your life. Okay? It will change your life. Right. We did have a whole ginger conversation. That's a whole other show. That's a whole other show. Give it up for Summer Woods, everybody. Thank you. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of All Things Behind the Scenes podcast, where we discuss all things events and entrepreneurship. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and hit the notification bell to be notified of each new episode. You can also follow us on All Things BTS podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We welcome all comments and suggestions. So let us know what you think. We love hearing from you. So until next time, remember that the only thing that you can guarantee about an event and life is that it will change. Be blessed.